there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Are we recording now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So how is it how how are things, Shan? How are you? I feel like we haven't talked in forever. I mean <laughs> uh, they are. Things are. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> what kind of detail would you like? I don't know. <laughs> a little more than that. I am dead inside, but staying alive <laughs> purely out of spite. That's about it. <laughs> I also saw a sweatshirt that said that, surviving purely out of spite. Yeah. I want mine to say thriving purely out of spite. You know? That would be a fucking lie. On my they, uh, on my part, do people need to know that? On my part, that no. would be a fucking lie. It, that I'm that's that m- could all, only surviving. That could totally be the only thing that you're keeping from them, because they'd see you walking along, seeing a sweatshirt that says "Thriving Purely Out of Spite," and they'd be like, "Yes, bitch, who are you getting back at? Society, bitches." <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't think anybody cares. No, they really don't. That's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't think anybody gives a fuck. (laughs) They really don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just when you think people care, you realize. uh, They don't. They don't. Nope. People don't think of you as much as you think they think of you. How did that go? I had that told to me one time. I was like, uh, and I, I read it in a book. Yeah, that's 100% true. Because I used to be like a huge, like, oh, my God, I wonder why she's mad at me or whatever. She hadn't even thought of you since the last time you guys talked for five minutes. Right. She has not even, right. you have not even crossed her mind. Don't even. She does not care. She has so many other things on her plate. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's fine. We're welcome, all forgettable. Welcome to our that. sad TED talk. Oh, we need it. Okay. Whew. That was dark. Sorry, guys. Jesus. We're supposed to. Okay, no, we're still no, in the midst I'm, of. See, no, we're real. We're still in the midst of full on state of depression at this point. So, yeah. We laugh when we can. Today's not one of those days. Okay. Nope. So, Shan. <laughs> Tell me, Shy. Are we ready to talk some true crime? Yeah. Okay. True crime Taco Tuesdays right here. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> true crime. No, that was bad. <laughs> can we get that out, please? 
I sing a no, lot I'm better than that. that. Oh my god. <laughs> that was hideous. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Shan knows I can sing. Oh, you know what my kid told me the other day? What? She goes, um, because I started listening to uh, an episode of our podcast. Because I listened to it four times. Right. On, on any given, you know. Um, and she goes, Who uh who's playing the guitar? And I said, well, it's shy and she's playing the ukulele, you know, because she has her little ukulele that she likes to play. And she goes, it's a little too happy for your podcast. Um, <laughs> you need something murdery. She's not wrong, Shan. <laughs> and I was like, I will... I will tell Cheyenne that she needs a murdery ukulele yes. intro. <laughs> Harper, I will do it. Mark my words, I'll work on something. Yeah. It is. It is. I was listening to it the other day and I was like, well, it's very upbeat for the shit we talk about. Yeah. She felt the same way. Whatever. <sighs> she says it like it is, man. Yeah. Unfiltered. I love it. Yep. Stay that way. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Got your 16-point font? I got my 16-point font. I got my notes. I got my cite, my citations. I mean, I think I think we should be good to go. Let's do it. On this True Crime Tuesday. Let's do it. All right. So today, we are going to discuss... The mysterious death of Aileen Conway. Oh, okay. Oh, I know. I've never heard of this. I know. I hadn't either. However, it was on Unsolved Mysteries in 1987. With Shit. our Okay. With our favorite Robert Stack. I do love Robert Stack. And his creepy voice. Every time. <laughs> this is not my day for singing. It's fine. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. Um, I also watched a YouTube video um, by Raven Investigates, but it's not our Raven. It's not our friend Raven. It's not our friend Raven. Okay. It's a different Raven. But it's still good. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So, Miss Aileen Conway, 50 years old. Married to Pat Conway of Lawton, Oklahoma. Oh, another Lawton. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had been married 33 years in 1986. Shit. 33 years. That's a long time. They're in for the long haul. Yeah. Okay. They had seven children. Sure. Of course. Fits. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, the morning of... April 29th, 1986, around about 10, 40, 10, 45 in the morning, a local farmer near Lawton noticed a plume of smoke near kind of, you know, those dirt roads out in that area and decided to call the authorities. You know, back then, they don't think they had 911 yet. No. So. Probably just called the fire department number or whatever. Called the local Fire department, police, whoever. 20 minutes later, which I don't, it was, anyways, I don't know why it's taking so long, but Oklahoma Highway Patrol authorities would come upon a crash on a creek 
bridge and the car was engulfed in flames. Like engulfed in flames. Just the car sitting there on fire. Yes. The fire was so intense that the car was melting into the bridge barrier, the metal bridge barriers. Gross. I know. Okay. I mean, I I get it. Fires from cars can burn hot like that. But to like melt the car and the bridge barrier, I thought was really interesting. The OHP officers could tell that a person was inside the car. However, because of the intense flames, they there was no way of rescuing the individual. Right. So once fire, you know, the fire department came upon the scene, put the fire out, they were able to then um you know, recover the body. However, the body was burned beyond recognition. Okay. But after um, looking at the car by the tag or, you know, whatever, they were able to find that it belonged to Pat Conway. Okay. The car belonged to Pat. All right. Pat was at work. It was Aileen that they had found in the car. Okay. Okay. Initial reports show there were skid marks up to the crash scene that were consistent with the car going about 50 to 60 miles an hour. (laughs) This is, and this is where I don't know enough about investigating crash scenes. Was the car wrecked? Yes. Was there obvious damage on the vehicle? Yes. On the front? Yes. Okay. But, but there he- wasn't another vehicle. Mm-mm. It crashed into the barrier. Into the barrier yes. itself. So, and this is where I was real, and there's pictures, we'll post them on the Instagrams. When they're investigating, they say skid marks. Skid marks in my mind is breaking, right? Or peeling out really fast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so that's that's where I was like, it could be how fast were you going if you were going fast enough to cause breaking like skid marks before you hit a bridge, right? Yeah. That it impacted showing 50 to 60 miles an hour, right? Uh-huh. So- they're like, this This had to have been just a tragic accident. Like, she somehow lost control. Yes. All right. So somehow lost control of the car and, like, terrible accident. I disagree, but that's fine. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, Pat had been at the accident. Like, they called him out there, like, verified that was his wife. They knew that fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within the same day. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So when he returned home that evening, after being out at the wreck scene, identifying Aileen's body and all of that, he noticed some anomalies around the house. Uh Okay. First thing he noticed was the back patio door was wide open. Uh Mm Mm-hmm. 
Aileen's purse was sitting next to an armchair with her driver's license and her glasses still in it. Mm-hmm. In 1986, well, hell, today. Yeah, you don't leave without your you purse. You don't leave without your purse. No. Ever. And a woman that wears glasses is not driving anywhere, anywhere without, without her glasses. glasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The iron was on, mm. on the ironing board, mm-hmm. which, let's be honest, I've accidentally left my iron on sometimes. I just, as a principle, don't iron. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Mm-hmm. I love to iron, so. I would be one of those people that would iron sheets. Gross. If You're so I, fucking weird. If I wasn't a little spastic. Okay. The water hose outside was left running, fill, uh, like, into the pool. They had a pool, and the water hose would You know how you mm-hmm. water hose fill up the pool. There was a tub full of water, like the bathtub was full of water, and the phone was off the hook. That's a lot of things going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. A lot of things mm-hmm. going on at the same time. Yes. Yes. So we can speculate here that maybe she had a touch she had a lot to take care of, right? Well, yeah, she was probably a homemaker, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. She had raised seven, seven kids. kids. Yeah, she yeah. had stuff going on. She had all the things going on. Also, um, another thing I read in a blog somewhere that back then, if people wanted to be left alone, they took their phones off the hook. Yeah. So they wouldn't get phone calls. 100%, yeah. I don't think... I don't think anyone in my family ever did that. No, did but you, he, no, but your dad was law enforcement, so mm. he wouldn't take mm-hmm, the phone mm-hmm. off the hook. I mean, you have to be accessible, right? That's true. Yeah, especially um, on call days. I don't. I just don't remember back far enough from before having like an answering machine. Okay, because you could just. If you didn't have an answering machine, you would take it off the hook so that you didn't miss important calls, right? Like if you were going to take a bath or if you needed to have a little mental breakdown in the bedroom by yourself for a while, like Mm -hmm. take the phone off the hook. Nobody can call you. Nobody can get through. But you're also not missing any calls because it just sounds like your line is busy. Right. 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 And they'll call back. Right. But if you have an answering machine, somebody will just leave a message and you can call back. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I feel like that's valid. If you didn't want to be bothered, you'd take the phone off the hook. Yeah. Well, it really stuck out to Pat because he was like, why would – she never takes the phone off the hook. This is not – this is not something Aileen would do is take the phone off the hook. So he then began to question, okay, why was she out on this country road? Did they live in town? Yes. Okay. They lived in Lawton. He was like, we never went out that way. There's nothing out that way that we need, you know, no one that we know lives out that way. Like no business dealings or anything. He's like, just none of this is making sense. Like, what is all of this? Well, her initial cause of death was accidental. They thought she had just wrecked. But what was, I mean, 
what was her cause of death? Were uh, they able to determine how how she died? Mm-mm. No, they don't know if she died from the impact or if she died from the fire. Just that it was accidental. More than likely, like, due to the wreck, but, like, actual, yeah, no. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, when that came out, Pat was like, nope, mm-mm, this doesn't, this does not feel right. There's no way not coming home to all of this weird stuff that she just died accidentally. There's no way. So he contacted the DA's office. And was put in touch with a man by the name of Ray Anderson. And after he explained all these, you know, weird things in his home and that, you know, why would she ever go out on this country road? He was like, well, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and just take a look-see and see what we can find. And so him, Ray and Pat decided to, you know, try and do their own little investigation. And they even went out to... The crash site, um, and about two hundred feet from the crash site, they found a church bulletin that was from Pat and Aileen's church from the Sunday prior, like it had fallen out of the car or something like that. Yes, and so he's like, "Uh, yeah, this wouldn't." Aileen did not drive with her windows down. Yeah, she probably had a great head of hair. Yeah, she did, actually. Yeah. Great head of hair. Always windows up, air conditioner on. I bet she was wearing rollers all of the time. mm -hmm. Yeah. He was like, how would this get out of the car? It wouldn't have. I mean, unless unless the force from that crash and initial explode. I don't know, like 200 feet away from the crash site. Was it anywhere close to the same area that like. The tire tire track started? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So at this point, Ray was like, hmm, this this could be, you know, foul play here. We could be, you know, what they they put together is that she was possibly taken. Whether she interrupted a robbery or burglary – um, or was targeted, like, sh- they truly believed she was taken against her will from her home. Mm-hmm. Um, what they couldn't really understand is why was she taken out to that dirt road and then killed? Because they're thinking maybe they killed her, mm. um, you know, um, what it engaged the accelerator mm-hmm. somehow yeah and then popped it in drive mm-hmm. hoping that maybe she would go off into the creek yeah and when that didn't happen instead she hit the side and the car exploded um so they decided to at that point call in the osbi and the fire marshal to get involved um because they're thinking this is really more than likely an arson case. There was a wreck there, right? The, the car was obviously wrecked. However, a, upon first glance from these, like, fire marshal and OSBI agents, 
they they looked at it and thought this this looks like something that has been doused like an accelerant was used Mm -hmm. okay yeah because for the most part when they took um a vehicle similar to hers Mm -hmm. and ran these informal tests what happens is this fabric that are in these cars most of the time when um fire is placed on them or a fire is tried to how am I trying to say it? Like someone tries to set a fire on top of the fabric. Right. It doesn't – the minute that fire is removed, it kind of extingu- extinguishes itself, right? Okay. But when an accelerant is used, it just stays lit, just goes up, right? And the way that these uh, materials in the car were burned mm-hmm. were burned as if an accelerant was placed on them which makes sense for the reason that it was burning so hot yes also another thing they pointed out and they were also in the unsolved mysteries episode were saying there were cases of arson involving vehicles where gas accelerant had been used inside the car that the gas cap was missing or left off of the car and in Aileen's car, the gas cap had been removed, which I don't know. I like I don't know how that would work <clears throat> if it just gives it um, a quicker outlet to the gas tank. But maybe maybe once the, the fire fumes. is started, <laughs> there's a greater opportunity for the gas that's remaining in the car to go up without that blockage of Mm -hmm. the gas cap yeah or something like that these are like 80s cars so i know they're made a lot differently now yeah um for specific like explosion type of situations sure and did in the 80s you know they didn't have certain safety like the fire break at the front and stuff yeah yeah certain safety things in place to prevent explosions that type of thing Interesting. I thought that was really interesting. I really did. I was like, hmm. This gas cap's not just going to blow up out of – it's not just going to – what am I trying to say? Explode out of there. Explode out of there, right? You wouldn't think so. Unless the pressure in the tank was – I don't know. All the things. It was just weird. So this DA and the husband are out there doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Doing an investigation. Yes. That everybody else was like, ah, it's just a weird accident. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. Right. Okay. They're just like. This is pretty par for the course for Lawton, though, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, at this point, the OSBI then was like, yeah, maybe maybe this could have been um, uh, interrupted burglary um they tried to go through and figure out you know did pat have anyone through business never says anywhere what pat did for you know a living um did he upset anyone you know they were trying to um get back at him or whatever um they did find however that there were multiple reports of burglaries in that area in the weeks and months prior to her death. 
un uh, burglaries at homes that were not currently occupied. Correct. That didn't have anyone in them. Correct. Okay. Yes. What day of the week was this, did you say? Mm, it was, it just said April 26th. Okay. Or April 29th of 86. Okay. So, it was a work day. Pat was at work. Yeah. So Eileen was at home. Weekday of some sort. Yeah. Like 1040 in the morning. Or they found her at 1040 in the car. So, it could have been within... You know, hour or two of everyone leaving for the day because more than likely kids were still in school. Okay. Um. So it was probably just her at home. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. However, over time, obviously this went cold. They, they never did find out. Mm, I did leave out. Sorry. They were able to after the findings from Pat. And Ray and the OSBI and fire marshals, they decided to change her cause of death from accidental to unexplained. Okay. Yeah. That's what it should have been initially anyway. Yes. So leaving a lot of people to speculate and, you know, small towns and Lawton wasn't ginormous back in the 80s, I don't think. Well, it was still a military town. Oh, that's true. I mean – it's had a – and the reason why we go so hard on Lawton is not because we just despise Lawton or whatever. It's because they are – it is the third largest city in Oklahoma. And the reason why it's the third largest city in Oklahoma is because a whole ass army base mm-hmm. is encapsulated in Lawton. And anywhere there is a large influx of men, mm-hmm. and most servicemen are men – Anywhere there is a large influx of men that are residing for a relatively short period of time, the crime rate is is higher. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And Lawton seems to have a track record of a lot of unexplained deaths of women that are not easily solvable for whatever reason. So, like, we're not going hard on Lawton just because we despise Lawton. Right. This is par for the course for Lawton. And it's been this way since the 70s. Yeah. A lot of women murdered in Lawton or unexplained deaths in Lawton Mm -hmm. that they just kind of brush to the side and no one seems interested in actually solving. Yeah. Or – and. Another thing, too, Shan, is is there any way that we could maybe look into other <clears throat> interrupted burglaries in Lawton around this time Well, that, I, you know what I mean, that had women raped or assaulted or... There were a lot in this, especially in the late 70s, early 80s in Lawton. That I personally know about because they put all of that shit in the newspaper, Mm -hmm. all of that shit in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And they were publishing at least a couple of times a week, break in, rape, uh, robbery at gunpoint, robbery, rape at gunpoint. I mean, there are a multitude of crimes against women during this time period in Lawton where... 
it almost seemed like as soon as the husband or the boyfriend or whatever would leave the house to go to work or go on field duty or whatever, someone's coming in Mm -hmm. and whether it's the middle of the night or during the day and women are being raped, they're being murdered. They're it's just a catastrophe right down there. And I'm sure if they reported at that time that there were other break-ins or mm-hmm. other robberies mm-hmm. in the same area, mm-hmm. and I assume this is a reg- residential area. Yes. In the same area, they had an idea that they had at least one person perpetrating a bunch of robberies and potentially that this person perpetrated a robbery, came upon her right uh being in the residence when they weren't expecting someone to be in the residence and if this play if if this house had a pool it was probably a nice house yeah right yes um so it could have been that she went out this is my theory do you want to hear my theory yes please go okay. i think her husband leaves for work 7:38 o'clock in the morning right whatever she, if she still has kids at home, she gets the kids off to school on the bus. And then she sets about doing her housework, right? Right. So she probably has, it's April, it's late April. It's probably nice. Mm-hmm. She's probably got that back slider open. Mm-hmm. She goes and drops the hose in the pool. It might be nice enough to swim this weekend. It might be nice right. enough when the kids get home from school to swim. Yep. She goes, drops the hose in the pool to top off the water level in the pool, leaves that slider open to get some fresh air through the house. She's probably potentially run herself a bath or in the process of running herself a bath mm-hmm. and is maybe doing some ironing right. like while she's waiting for the bath to fill up, just right. ironing some pants real quick or something like that. I assume because of the fact that there is an iron on, mm-hmm. That she was interrupted by something. She hears something. Mm-hmm. Okay. She probably goes into her bathroom, turns off the bath. Yep. Leaving the bathtub water there because she hears something. Right. Then she meets someone. Right. And the reason why I think she was in the process of running a bath is because she doesn't have her glasses on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Her glasses are found in her purse. Her purse is found near her easy chair. Right. I assume she's in the process of still getting ready for the day Mm -hmm. because she does not have her glasses on. Right. She meets someone probably in the kitchen, probably near the backslider. This person is probably casing the neighborhood thinking I've hit pay dirt. Right. They left a backslider open and this place has a pool. Yeah. They're probably rich. Yep. Right. Yes. He comes in, looks around. Here's the problem that I'm having. I think there has to be more than one person. Okay. And I'll tell you why in just a second. I think she surprises him or he's ready for someone to be there. Maybe he pulls a gun on her or a knife on her. I don't know. Mm -hmm. She surprises this person. And immediately she's already... She's already at the point where she's defenseless. Either he has a weapon or he is much larger than her or Mm -hmm. whatever the reason is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He takes the phone off the hook. 
because we don't want any surprises. Right. And if it sounds like the line is busy, that means somebody's home and on the line. Yeah. Right? Yes. Either he attempts to rob her, maybe sexually assault her. I don't know. If she doesn't have any valuables to give, because it doesn't sound like there was really anything missing from the house. Right. They would have said, our diamond collection is missing. Right. And here's where it got weird for me, because some of the, one of the reports said there were personal items of hers missing. However, when Pat was interviewed on Unsolved Mysteries, that was never discussed. So he brought up all of these strange anomalies, the door open, the bath water running, the phone off the But not one time was he like, her favorite pearl necklace was gone. Her mother's wedding ring was missing. You know, like that was never discussed. So that could have just been somebody else not really, or just adding fluff. You know what I mean? So I don't, I want to say there was nothing missing. But they never... They never explicitly stated that robbery was a motive, was an obvious motive. Correct. Here. So it's likely that this person did not get away with anything of high value. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think this person was surprised, but already had the jump on her, like they had a weapon already. She saw this person. She saw their face she saw their height she saw everything and this person had perpetrated multiple robberies so they they didn't let her live yeah the reason why i think they probably had a gun is because if you shoot somebody in the middle of the day in a residential neighborhood neighbors are going to hear you and then it's going to be a whole fucking thing right? right so i think what probably happened is there's more than one person. There's probably someone sitting in the car down the street mm-hmm. and this person that was entering houses. Because how else are you getting away with all your shit, right? Right. So he walks her out to a car, gets her car keys. She doesn't have her glasses on. She's not driving. Mm-hmm. Right. At all. Right. As a former habitual glasses wearer, you're not going anywhere without your glasses. Yeah, if you're blind, you don't drive without glasses. No. He's got her at weapon point in the car. Mm-hmm. He's driving. She probably thinks they're going to steal my car. They're going to dump me out in the country. Yeah. It's fine. You know, it's no big deal. Right. At some point, something goes sideways. She may be shot or stabbed or something like that in the soft tissue because mm-hmm. they obviously didn't find any bullet defects in the skull or correct in any bones right correct something goes sideways they have to kill her she's seen this mm-hmm. person she is killed placed in the driver's seat x number of feet away wherever the 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 the, the skid marks start right that is when the church pamphlet falls out of the car. Mm-hmm. It's when they're switching, switching roles. Yeah. The other car is behind them following. Right. They're switching positions. This person is putting her in the driver's seat and somehow mashing down the accelerator, 
throws it into drive and sends it into the bridge. Yeah. Yes. To try to get into the water or or crash into the bridge. Right. Because they're probably like, well, regardless, they'll think it's an accident. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Then that person gets a ride with their tail guy. Yeah. Because how else? So probably she crashes into the bridge. There's not much that happens. They probably sit there and wait, see if it goes up in flames, whatever. If it hasn't gone up in flames... Maybe they go back to town and get a thing of gas. Mm, yeah, because who's carrying a full thing of a full thing of gas or diesel right. with them? Right? right. Unless this was completely premeditated, and that's a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. Because I know there was speculation about a uh, whole premeditation on Pat's part, um, but. That's a I, lot of work to yeah. get rid of your wife of 33 years. Right. That's and a lot of work. I I will point out, though, he was remarried within two years. Yeah, but, but it was the men 80s. can't take care of themselves. They it is what it really is. can't, yeah. especially with seven kids. No. Um, but that, there was speculation that, me, that uh, Pat could have been involved because he was not looked at at all, which I could see that. Like, I think if you're Pat, though... And this is your whole game plan is to surprise your wife in the middle of the day and make it look like a robbery. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it would be made to look like a robbery. Right. He would be like, all of our best shit is in this closet or whatever. Yeah. I need you to take all of that stuff. Right. It wouldn't just be like, oh, she left an iron on. Right. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yeah. That just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. From that point of view, that it's premeditated that like he's the mm -hmm. he's the person, yeah. And he, he until up until his death, which he just passed away in 2013, he was still trying to figure out like you know who killed his wife. So it's not like it was you know he was over it after a while. Like he really did want to find who had killed her. I mean, so. That was obviously town gossip or, you know, whatever. Church gossip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's mm. be real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but unfortunately, this is still a cold case. Her death is still um, unexplained. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be one of those that's not ever, not ever, um, yeah, it's going to be a deathbed confession or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to have to be. Um, so, but yeah, I... And it's highly, highly likely because of the population of Lawton being a lot military. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is military, which is a very transient lifestyle, right? Yeah. Like most military guys are only at a certain place, like less than four years. Yeah. So... It's highly likely that this person, and if they had a a co-conspirator or whatever, they're long gone. Right. They haven't been in Lawton in 40 years almost. Right. Yeah. You know? Yes. So they're long gone, haven't thought about this in forever, and probably did what they had to do to not lose their military status or, mm -hmm. true, you know, whatever that may be. Right. Yeah. 
Oy. I know. But yeah, it was, it, for whatever reason, it just really stuck out to me because she's just. She's you know, just a mom. She's just a mom. She's just a mom doing. Mom stuff. The stuff, yeah, every day. And then all of a sudden, like, his worst nightmare happened. You know, Pat's worst nightmare is to just be like, I'm sorry, you're saying what now? <laughs> like, there's no way. So it was, I just thought it was very interesting and that all of these weird things were noticed or, you know, left at the scene. Yeah, it just doesn't. It does not, it doesn't make sense to me that it would only be one person. I think Mm -hmm. there have to be two people. There had to have been some sort of premeditation or thinking ahead of time of we either have to take gas with us or we know she's dead. We're going to leave her here and we're going to risk going back into town to get gas. Right. A thing of gas and coming out here and setting it ablaze. Why couldn't they have siphoned it out of their own gas tank? Yeah. If the gas cap was gone. Yeah. Siphoning out of a 1986 Chrysler is not a, just a hose. So you have to bring a hose with you. So maybe they were gardeners. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Okay. Had it, you know, just I was like, maybe they grabbed a, a can of gas out of the garage from the lawnmower or something mm-hmm. when they're on their way out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it is one guy, then he has to walk back to Lawton. Yeah, that's see, that's my issue. You have a car, uh, burning going right. great guns, right? That someone's going to notice, and someone did notice, yeah. And then you have this guy walking back into Lawton. Was he noticed? Well, that's the thing. Like, does it make sense that he's walking or does it make sense that there were two people? Right. One in a following vehicle. Right. I don't know. No. Interesting. It was. It's a really interesting one. It's really sad. I know. So these poor people, I mean, her kids never got to, you know, find out who had hurt their mom or anything like that. So. Yeah. And their kids are probably like our age, I would assume. Um, I think they're probably a little, a little older. bit older. Yeah, older. I know some of them are older. Okay. Because um, they had been married 33 years by 86. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think they got married in, what, 53? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Uh, I know. I hate this. Me too. This is why I don't like doing, like, cl- uh, cold cases, but at the same time, just... There were so many things pointing to foul play, but I feel like the ball was dropped in some way. Well, yeah. To either it was dropped or there was just nothing to go on. Yeah. At all. Sounds like on. a little of both, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. It was a good one, Shay. Thanks, Shan. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK 
underscore pod. pod.